We'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for January 19th, 2014. And continuing with um, this, it's actually a different report from uh, uh, Dave Hodges. It just came out today, and um, it's entitled Russian Motivations for Attacking the United States. Now, a lot of it's redundant from some of the stuff that I've covered, but this one paragraph, this one part I wanted to go over, and it was entitled Grave Warnings, and it ties in to what we just covered in the previous part. So if you haven't heard the previous two parts, particularly the last part, you really want to listen to that because it'll make more sense. Anyway, um, it starts out by saying, on December 22nd, 2013, I interviewed former deep cover CIA agent, uh, Dr. Jim Garrow, who was explicit, I believe he's the guy that they've, the government's tried to kill uh, recently, anyway, was explicit, and I put out a whole bunch of reports on that was explicit about the presence of both Russian and Chinese troops in America and in northern Mexico. He noted that Russians are operating in cooperation with the DHS. Okay, so, DHS is just pure evil. This is what Sherry Wilcox uncovered in the aforementioned video. My insider sources have been providing me with this information for the past 18 months, and it matches the Garrow account word for word. So, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing is established. Okay. All of my sources state that we will have a false flag attack, which will be followed by a declaration of martial law and will be largely enforced by Russian and Chinese soldiers. I have also been informed that as the communities are forcibly vacated and relocated to detention facilities at stadiums, malls, and here to secret camps, the remnants or the stragglers of these communities will then be sprayed with specifically designed bioagents, which are specially designed to completely terminate all forms of life which may have evaded the roundups. I am just now beginning to receive another piece of the puzzle which strongly appears to justify the coming bioagent attacks. Have you ever wondered why various government agencies are hell-bent on obtaining as much DNA as possible? Because they, they pretty much are. So, what... What I just basically said to recap, that they would, supposedly martial law would happen, probably have the banking holiday, um, false flag event, and then what they would do is they would um, try, try to round up everybody on the, I believe, the red and the blue list, and then whatever, whoever they couldn't find, they would go and spray these areas with specific bioagents, which would be like, specifically designed to eradicate every single life form, wherever they were sprayed. Okay? Remember, the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne. He's greater than all of this satanic garbage. Okay? So I'm not saying all this to bring you to fear, because if the, if you just read this, and you weren't saved, that's the only thing it's going to invoke. <laughs> Other than get out of Dodge mentality, which may be where the Lord's leading you, and, and I wouldn't, you know, pray fast about it. Um, but I always want to keep us focused on the word of God. So, <clears throat> it is being, um, this DNA is being obtained in order to use, be used in research. It is research which is designed to bypass certain HLA typings, which is some uh, genomic term, I guess. In the past 48 hours, I have been approached by two whistleblowers who have worked in testing facilities, both in California and in Arizona. In both cases, these whistleblowers tell 
stories of research related to methodologies on how to bypass all HLA typings with regard to certain pathogens. The research is so volatile that many of the research personnel have fallen ill. Most disturbingly, the connecting dots are suggestive of the fact that some entity within this country is doing research on how to make a bioagent so completely destructive so as not to leave any survivors. If 10 people were exposed to Ebola, 90% would die agonizing deaths as the victims would meet their collective demise by bleeding out of every cavity of their body as their organs literally melted down. However, 10% would survive because they would possess a special HLA typing which would help them recover from the pathogen. The research appears to be seeking to create a to create a pathogen which will be 100% fatal as it will overcome all types of HLA typings. Uh, what I am learning from the accounts of both whistleblowers is that the foreign doctors are involved in this research and the experimental subjects' medical records are being deleted so as not to leave any trace. Whoever they're experimenting on this stuff, they're, you know, they're just... Their, their records are deleted as though they never lived. My military sources tell me that these pathogens will be delivered through specially designed drones and that both Russian and U.S. military sources are jointly conducting this operation. Now, saw a video yesterday of a guy filming chemtrails, okay? And in this chemtrail, there was something also released. It was it looked like a almost a translucent ball of light that was released into the chemtrails. And it slowly, 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 slowly fell to the earth. And when it got to a certain, um, I don't know, certain height, I don't know if something inside it triggered, but it, it, like it exploded. And it released some type of payload. So not only do you have the chemtrails, but now they may have other things that they're doing in the chemtrail planes to release things that will probably act as um, a binary agent. Meaning, I've talked a lot about this, where you have, like, um, in order for, let's say, the coming H7N9 pandemic strain, viral strain, to kill you, You'll not only need to be maybe exposed to it, but you'll need to have the vaccine and and maybe you'll need some other chemtrail component in order for it to fully kill you. That way it's not so obvious if you drop dead. If you get the vaccine and drop dead when you walk out of Walgreens or wherever, people aren't going to be lining up to get the vaccine. But if it's a binary or tertiary agent, meaning meaning it needs two or three things for it to actually kill you, well, they can accomplish that through chemtrails, the vaccinations, maybe maybe um, um, contaminating the water with the final tertiary agent. You die later. You don't die there in the parking lot. Their blood, your blood's off their hands. They try. They 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 tried to give you that vaccine to, to save, even though that was the main thing that's going to kill you, just like it was in 1918, 1919 Spanish flu. Um. So please bear that in mind. Now I see this video yesterday <laughs> of this ball. And I mean, it looked legitimate to me. I mean, this thing, it's like it exploded and then some little red ember was falling below the payload above it, which was translucent and there was a couple white dots. And I guess he lost track of it after it fell over. It got so low that it literally, you know, fell over uh, a... It was, it was where a major 
major uh, city was and it fell over houses. Um, maybe they're beta testing that because they always do that. They're beta testing certain areas to see if they can, what kind of kill rate they can get or how, many, how sick they can get something. Maybe it's not the full form. Maybe it's something that will combine with the chemtrails. I, I don't know. But I never saw anything like that. And that just came out yesterday. Um, I was actually going to provide the link here and I, I, I X'd out of it. I X'd out of this Word document and I didn't save it. I never do that. And I lost it. I couldn't find it or whatever. So, anyway, I want you to be aware of that. Because the chemtrails, they've been doing this a long time. I think they've been preparing to do more nefarious things with chemtrails to get to up the ante to get more aggressive. So that's another way they could release something like this. Okay? Um, let's go further here. Uh, so they're saying, he says, his military sources are that these pathogens will be delivered through specially designed drones. Well, that could very well be the case as well. And that both Russian and U.S. intelligence sources are jointly conducting this operation. Now to the $64,000 question. What does this have to do with Russian troops? The Russians have sufficient motivation to engage in an invasion of the United States because it fits both their national interests and to do so, it satisfies the banking masters that they and the CIA both serve. Putin and Obama are playing for the same side. Even if Russia and America goes to war, it is planned because they are, they are taking their marching orders from the banksters, which control every single central bank on the planet. <clears throat> the following constitutes the Russian motivation for attacking the United States in order to obliterate our country. Uh, even when a coming economic collapse may not. So, yeah, some really positive stuff we're covering here today. You know, just fun stuff. And I'm just kidding, sorry. Anyway, a little humor there. Um, okay, <clears throat> so again, the remedy. My teacher and I did on imprecatory prayers, Psalm 64, God's judgment on the wickedness, a Christian's door of hope. Okay. Uh, I did a whole teaching on it. I give you the link here. I think this is very, very important to understand this concept, particularly going into the times we're going into. I've only heard one preacher preach on this the whole time I've ever been alive. <laughs> okay, one time. And it impacted my life greatly, particularly when I applied it. And for some reason, Psalm 64 knew another uh, another uh, well, a pastor who had been... Um, uh, really through a rough time, persecuted by the government, family left him, it was really, really bad. And um, it was crazy because God brought him to Psalm 64 as well. And I couldn't believe it when he told this big testimony. And then I was, it was just me and him and Taylor and, and a couple other people. And then he said, and this is where God brought me to, at the end of this huge testimony where he talked about all this terrible things he'd had to endure. He's losing his family, his whole church turning against him, the government coming after him. I mean, just like two years straight of this stuff. And he said, this is where God brought me. This is the... And it was Psalm 64. It was unbelievable. I'll never forget that moment. Taylor was there. She saw it. It was crazy. It was like when I was back in Florida. But Psalm 64, again, if we look at this, and it's a chief, to the chief musician, a Psalm of David... And David says, hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Uh, what we're talking about today can cause a lot of fear of the enemy if you get fixated on what we're talking about. And this is why I say this. Because, I mean, if you just dwell on something like Dave Hodges' site, 
I mean, you know, where, where you know, where's the nearest sword so I can run myself through? You know? Because how on God's green earth can you possibly battle all the stuff he's talking about in the flesh? You can't. Yes, are there certain provisions that, that you know, you that you can do? Can God lead you in such a way? Can you, can you prepare with food and water and, 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 and uh, guns, ammo, stuff like that? If God so leads you, yes, absolutely. But this is really a spiritual battle that we have to understand. And I'm as guilty as anybody of, of, of fo- focusing on the situation and, and getting my eyes off the Lord uh, because of the severity of the, the information. But this says, D- David is asking God, Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. This is a really, really, really good psalm to commit to memory. Hide Now, Psalm 91 as well, and there's a ton of psalms as well. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. Would you like to be hit if the Russians were coming for you? And, and, and you know, I mean, unless God was going to have you literally, as, as I think a man would be more as the head of a family, to literally confront evil. I don't know, I think there's going to be certain people that do that. Literally to confront evil from a spiritual standpoint. Because make no bones about it, Chinese or, or Russians show up on your doorstep, you're confronting evil. Pure evil. Okay? So, I don't 100% know how all that's going to play out with his remnant. I don't know. Um, but I think God has hidden ones right now waiting in the wings to literally deal with pure evil. And I don't just mean foreign troops. I think we're going to all be amazed if we're around to see it, what Satan is going to unleash on this earth, if God permits it, because he's in control. Why do you think they've been conditioning us with all this alien garbage and all of the werewolves and the vampires and the witches and and all manner of evil? Do you think, all that's just for show and fun? Well, if that's the case, then revolution, what they're just telegraphing us, that none of that's going to happen either. You know, and, and, and then all the other Hollywood shows. It's going, to be a, it's going to be a combination of a lot of different things. So, Dave's asking, hide me. He's pleading to God, hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. Who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words. That they may shoot in secret at the perfect, suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil matter, they commune of laying snares privily, they say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities, they accomplish a diligent search, both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. So the first two verses, David's asking God to preserve his life from the fear of the enemy, to hide hide him from the secret counsel of the wicked, and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. And then he goes on to describe what the wicked do, which is much like what exactly Obama, um, high-level government officials, high-level, some military, some FEMA, whatever, mostly FEMA, a lot of FEMA, um, Bilderbergers, Council on Foreign Relations, you know, Luciferians, 13 families of the Illuminati, fallen angels, devils, demons, Satan himself. This is what they do. goes on in verses verses 3 to 6. And then it, then it talks about the remedy, which is starts in verse 7. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, 
so they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All of these plans that they have for other people, God can turn that totally around and make it happen to them. They shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. In other words, all the manner of wickedness they have purposed for others to kill them, it's going to happen to them. They're going to fall into their own snare, into their own trap. What's the result of that? All that see them shall flee away. Why? Because they're going to know it was God's judgment. And the fear of God's going to fall on them. And the fear of God's the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge. and It's a very good thing. And all men shall fear, fear God, and shall declare the work of God. For they shall wisely consider of his doing. He did it. See, this war is so overwhelming that's coming at us. There's no possible way with with bullets and guns and this that we could just defeat Satan that way. You know what I mean? And I know ultimately the Bible says that the the Satan's going to overcome the saints and things like this, but he does always preserve a remnant. Are there going to be many people beheaded for the witness of God? Absolutely. Okay? But absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. Pray that you be counted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this earth and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus Christ said that in Matthew 24. So, that's not a bad thing to pray for. And that we are more than overcomers through Christ Jesus. But they that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. That means you don't give up on God. You don't get to the point where, you know what, this is getting a little too hairy for me. I'm just going to serve Satan here. (laughs) No, you don't do that. They that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. That's what the Bible says. Well, you mean we're saved by works? No. If the Holy Spirit lives inside you, he will give you that ability to endure to the end. It's not even something you can end up taking credit for, because that would be pride. Anyway, when God judges wickedness, look in this verse, because good things always happen. All that see them shall flee away, all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. Well, that sounds like people are going to get saved to me. Absolutely. They're going to get their eyes opened. When God's judgment falls, people get saved. And the righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him. What's that mean? That means it's going to build their faith. And all the upright in heart shall glory. That's what I'm waiting for. Now, judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. All these pathetic, lukewarm, wolves in sheep's clothing, mealy mouth, greed-driven, little hireling devil preachers out there in their 501c3 enclaves, and I'm not saying I'm judging every single one of them, but a ton of them fall into that category. Judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. Doesn't mean I think I'm perfect. But I've been warning against this for a long, long time. Key in 501c3. Actually, I'm going to give you those links just coming next. So anyway, I wanted to throw that in there because it's probably the most important thing I said today. Listen to that study if you haven't. If you haven't listened to it a long time, listen to it again. That study totally changed my life. Psalm 64. I should have been killed. 
probably a thousand times over. With all the witchcraft attacks, with all the attacks I've had from other... So, I mean, and God's, God's protected me. And really, when I got a hold of that concept of Psalm 64, that's when I really felt that overwhelming, protective hand of God. Because I didn't pray in that way before. You know, you ask not because you receive, you receive not because you ask not. Okay, that's a biblical tenet. Well, I, if you don't ask for it, if, you, if you're not, and what more powerful way is to pray the word of God? Now, I'm not talking about rote prayers where you just pray it over and over and over again. But I don't see anything wrong with praying a psalm. You know, the Jesus Christ said, when you pray, pray this way, like the Lord's Prayer. That's a, a manner of prayer. Okay, so... Anyway, I wanted to throw that in there, and that's very, very, probably the most important thing in light of today's message is to get that concept uh, in, into your head, and, and, you know, a lot of other things I've covered in previous ones. So here's a listener comment, which now we'll segue into, on clergy response team preparations. Um, this is a listener. She said, I live in northwest Oklahoma. I've... I've deleted her name for obvious reasons when you read this. Um, I live in northwest Oklahoma, the largest 501c3 Baptist church in the area. Emmanuel Baptist Church has a congregation of approximately 1,200 to 1,500 people. This is an estimation. The pastor of this church is Pastor Wade Burlinson. Pastor Burlinson has ties to many governmental agencies as detailed in his, quote, about page on his website, including the DEA, FBI, and the Homeland Security. I went and read most of it. Uh, boy, he really pats himself on the back, let me tell you. I mean, I was almost convinced. <laughs> He's such an amazing guy. Anyway, um, yeah, so he has all kind of, of, of good special buddy relationships with DEA, FBI, and Homeland Security. Oh, isn't Homeland Security the ones that are yoked up with the... Chinese and the Russian troops, yeah, aren't they always at the, they're literally the private army for Obama. This is another way, I've, I, they're, they're, now they're becoming more and more in charge of literally like the army, where they can give them direct orders. They're literally like the, the Nazi stormtroopers for Obama. They are the tip of the satanic spear from a militaristic standpoint. And the good old church, the 501c3 churches are now yoked up with them, tons of them, in secret agreements through the clergy response teams. I'll give you the, the, the links where I cover this, because I'm not going to, I can't revisit all of that again. It was recently relayed to my brother about an EBC church member, the church that we just mentioned, uh, that the church was having their board vote on removing the expensive wooden pews that they have had there for years. Hmm. They were voting to replace them with folding chairs. At first, it was relayed to him that this was being done to allow for more seating. Because you got to pack them in. However, it was recently told to him that this is in preparation for a catastrophic event. It was specifically stated that the folding chairs would allow seating to be removed so that cots, bedding, and generators could then be placed within the church in the case of a catastrophic event. Remember what I've been saying about these clergy response teams for years? The 501c3 church yoked up with the government, and the government tells them to preach Romans 13, do whatever the government does, the same thing that Hitler did, and that they're going to be used as pickup centers, and that the, gover- and that the pastor's going to rat out 
all of his all of his congregants, especially the ones that are pro constitutional, pro Second and First Amendment, pro gun. He's going to rat them out, and that they're going to be told that when the time comes, you come and you get your your um, you come to the pickup points, you come and you get your um, your 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 vaccination to prevent against whatever pandemic thing, and then they'll be bo- they'll be loaded on buses or trains and taken off to the re-education centers. The the modern day five hundred one c three church in America will be at the spear tip of doing all manner of evil against the, quote, Christians of this country. Why? Because they got in bed with Satan when they took that 501c3 corporate exemption on, going all the way back into the 40s and the 50s. The time is coming when Caesar is going to call in the chips, and all of these advantages they've got from their 501c3 exemptions, subsidies from the government, be parishioners being able to write off their tithes and giving on their taxes, even though when the Bible says when you give, not your right hand know what your left hand's doing. In other words, you don't give to be seen among men. Okay? I mean, if that's your motivation. I understand sometimes it can't be avoided, but you, you understand what I'm saying. Okay, a lot of these people do it so they'll have preeminence in the church. And so that they can write it off on their IRS unlawful taxes. And IRS is basically the thing that gives the church the right to exist through the 501c3 exemption. So they're yoked up with Satan totally. Well, there's a price for all that. And the ultimate price tag for that is this. What we're talking about right now. When this happens. And it will happen. Unless God intervenes. And if judgment must begin at the house of the Lord, I don't think it's going to not happen. I see this as a big way, God, to judge the so-called church. Okay, so let's go ahead and continue on with this. I'll stop my raving here for a second. Um, They were voting on to replace these wooden pews with folding chairs. At first it was relayed to him that this was being done to allow for more seating. However, it was recently told to him that it's in preparation for a catastrophic event. It was specifically stated that the folding chairs could allow the seating to be removed so that cots, bedding, generators could then be placed within the church in case of a catastrophic event. Remember, these are going to be one of the chief vaccination point centers. Okay, and pickup points. What type of event was not relayed to me, nor the timing of the expected event? I've researched this remodel of this church, and it is true. Here are the before and after pictures. There's links to it right here. You can click on uh, in the PDF. Further research shows the railroad tracks run adjacent to the church building. Oh, how convenient! I did. I look. If you click on this link, well, I'll read this. It says they are next to the parking lot west of the church, and not even 150 feet away from the building. They can be seen on the map provided on their visitor page. Now, what you have to do is, if you go into this link, you click on the map, and then it has a little plus or minus button, you click on plus, and it'll go magnify and magnify, and and you'll start to see the railroad tracks run diagonal on the west side of their property, and it is 150 feet from the building. It's it's a little line with, with, like, a like a little cross through it every so often, like a little line through it. That's a railroad track. How convenient. Now, (laughs) you know, the thing is, like, this week, it's like, I really believe that the Lord can cross-confirm things over and over and over to you. Particularly, I think he does this a lot with my teachings. I, like, see something I wasn't even looking for. You know, like, by chance. Like... Me 
knowing about that Revolution TV show and then him bringing that up in David Hodges. And it's true. Okay? And then seeing, like, in the Revolution show how they had these little tent areas where they had set up for the pandemic that they created. Okay? And then her saying this thing about the railroad tracks. Well, in my area, in an area not so far away from me, in Conover, North Carolina, there is an area where they've done a lot of new construction lately. Right along railroad tracks. Two buildings built um, right next to these railroad tracks. A really nice upgrade to their um, library. And then more construction by that. It's crazy because Taylor literally had a dream about those exact buildings before we ever moved up here. And when they were built, she said, I can't believe this. This is exactly the buildings that were in my dream. About basically being used as pickup centers. For, you know, the uh, Illuminati. For the global government. The pickup centers for whenever what they're going to do. And they bring these. Now, the library is really nice modern stuff. But all of the windows, they don't have bars, but they're all metal reinforced. They all have these nice little aluminum things going through the windows. And the, the, the windows themselves are only probably about, as far as glass goes, and it's probably reinforced glass, you know maybe 10 inches by 8 inches across. All of these little different panes and then these metal things go through them. Looks real nice, but if you think about it, if you look at this building from the outside, there's no way you could probably get out if you were locked in there. I mean, it's not like you're going to you're going to smash through it probably. And it's like that from top to bottom. The thing's three stories. Then they built more Buildings on the side of that, these supposed, you know, and here we are, we're in an economy, a very, very depressed economy up here in, in North Carolina, and they're building, like, supposedly new businesses, but, you know, I go by there and it doesn't seem like there's very much activity. <laughs> to me, it looks like a place you could load a whole bunch of people into a building and keep them there for safekeeping until the railroad trains pull up. The railroad tracks are literally... Uh, if from the front of the uh, from the front of the library and that that other building, I don't know, twenty yards to the railroad track. I mean, the parking lots here and the railroad tracks there. I mean, it's it's really really close. Taylor just so happened to have an exact dream about that building before they were ever built, before we were ever even moved up here. And then. Down the tracks a little way, at the same time the library and the other place was being built, another building popped up. A much larger building. That supposedly, I don't even know what it functions as, what, what the, the it, some whatever nebulous function. Big building. Huge loading docks in the front and in the back. In the front of the building, again, the railroad tracks go right by it. I mean, literally, like, you know, 20, 30 yards. Loading docks in the front and the back, and then it looks like there possibly may be some type of incineration center in there. I don't know. I don't know if they would actually do that right there in the city. Meaning disposal of bodies. If there was a pandemic, though, they may have to. At least they may say. Now, get this. The other day, I'm driving by this, and for some reason, 
you know, I'm slack. I'm a slacker sometimes. I didn't drive behind this building. I took a little alternate way the other day. Went on the side of this building, and as I'm going back, cutting across, I look over and I'm in disbelief. Because there's a huge field behind this other building that I'm talking about. Much bigger than the library and the, and the one building. Huge field behind it. All nice grass. Chain link bob wire fence around the whole back of this area. I mean, enough to fit thousands and thousands of people in one area. Okay? Guess what? Chain link fence. Bob wire. All the bob wires facing in. Let that one sink in a little bit. Now, it's not concertina bob wire. It's just regular bob wire. But that could also be modified very quickly, very easily. The bob wire facing in, well, you'd only do that when you're trying to keep somebody in, like in a prison. If it's a legitimate business, why are you going to have the bob wire facing in? You're going to have it facing out so that if somebody tries, tries to climb over and break in. But this whole area in the back, I literally went back there. I drove through. There's, there's a, the, the bob wire fence goes to an area in the back that goes in and then goes to where they could position some type of guard booth. Right now, though, it's just wide open. I drove through the back, drove through there. Right now, it's all open. The front of the building is not encased in bob wire. But again, that would be pretty easy. There is a fence, but it's not bob wire. It's more decorative. Could be modified pretty quickly, though. And that bob wire area could just be cordoned off. And Taylor was like, Yeah, but they could, that, that doesn't look like it's that substantial. I said, If you had guards posted on the outside of the perimeter of this chain link fence with the bob wire facing in, all it would take is probably, I don't know. Four, five, six, seven guards to guard the perimeter of the fence and make sure nobody tried to get out. And if they would, they'd be shot. They could be using this as a quarantine area for the victims of the of the coming pandemic. I mean, what other thing? And then the crazy thing is, is on the other side of that is an older building that's also large, but it's much older. All the bob wire in that building's facing in too. And they're side by side. The road literally splits between the two. Now, I drove down further, and all of the other buildings, the bob wires are facing out. The older buildings. But this would be where they would want to have their containment area. So, I'm reading this testimony that just got sent to me this week. Right next to the this church, you know, right next to the railroad tracks. And then I'm, I'm thinking, wow, this just happened to me this week. I just found this out. I don't know how close we are, but um, some really, really, really nefarious, evil, malevolent, bad stuff is coming to this country. I don't think we can even comprehend it. I really don't. But I'm telling you, I, I just saw it. I just, I, I mean, I couldn't believe Bob wire facing in and loading docks in the back. I mean, a whole bunch, six or seven heavy-duty loading docks with it looked to be off to the left side some type of, of possibly incinerators that were built into the building, but you could see the, the, the big uh, metal pipes coming out the back. I've seen enough views of, of concentration camps that looked familiar. 
I think it could be converted into that. It might be a staging area. It might be an area where they're just going to put people in a pandemic scenario so they're supposedly quarantined. Hard to say, 100% for sure, but something evil's going on there. Now, so I have a comment here. Watch out for large buildings next to railroad tracks, especially new construction with barbed wire facing inward. Now, going back to this, what she said to me in, the, in this email, she said, what makes this more significant is that these railroad tracks that go right by this church lead to the Watonga, where there is a privately owned Diamondback Correctional Facility is located. The prison has been closed for some time, but now it looks like they are hiring for future contract. The mayor of Watonga is excited about the prospect, but supposedly clueless as to whom is involved in the future contract. So it goes right by this this prison. And she gives me the links to this about the prison. Um, One link, OklahomaWatch.org, vacant private prisons in Oklahoma may reopen. Well, you, you better believe it. They're going, they're going to want to have as much prison space as possible. And they're going to want to have it up and running prior to this so that everything's ready. The next, the next report, Diamondback Correctional Facility in Watonga hiring 400 employees. Huh. It's been closed for some time now, but now they've got this contract out of the blue. And this is the same place that these railroad tracks don't pass too far away from. Huh. I'm sure there's no correlation there. The entire chain of events is very suspicious, and I would be curious to know if any of your listeners are noticing the same events occurring in their communities. Well, I just gave you my testimony. Just now, with what I said. I'm seeing it. Yep. It could be nothing and only coincidence, but the Holy Spirit is convicting us otherwise. I agree. I agree he's convincing us otherwise. Now, the thing about now is, okay, what do we do about it? Okay, because it's going to be different for every one of us. Does that mean we need to move out of that area right now? Does it mean we need to do it in two months? I don't know. I guess really only praying and fasting is going to bring you to that point. Because we don't want to be motivated out of fear of man. Because the fear of man bringeth a snare, the Bible says. We want to be motivated out of the fear of God. So... The best advice I can give on that is prayer and fasting. If you have an open door, if it's obvious this is what you're supposed to do, you know, I obviously, I want to, I want to get out of this area where I'm at. I'm not in a good spot at all. (laughs) On paper, real bad. I'll be honest, you know. Um, But hey, you know, uh, the Lord's will be done. And sometimes he might not move us out to the last possible minute. I don't, you know, it's different for every one of us. Us getting up here from Florida, it was pretty miraculous. And it happened very quickly. And and literally the things that, that the forces that got us up here and established us up here, it was like the doors just opening up all these doors and he did it very, very quickly. And, and I've already been through that. Um, and I believe that the Lord can do the same thing for all of us. But we do have to have the faith to believe that. Pray that the Lord would remove any hindering, any any thing that would hinder these processes, whether they be evil spiritual entities, whether they be family members, 
not, I'm not talking about killing them, but I mean just re- removing them as impediments or obstacles for him accomplishing his will in our lives. You know, um, providing divine providence, opening the doors that no man can shut and shutting the doors no man can open in order to implement his will in our life. I'm trying to give you some kind of like prayer points. You know, if you key in prayer in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, I've done several studies on the keys to answer prayer and stuff like that as well. So we're, we're kind of all in this boat. All my listeners, pretty much, all of us. I doubt any of us right now, well, no, I'm sure there's some are. No, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure there's some are. Or where they need to be. Exactly where they're going to be and where they're, they're not going to maybe move from there. I, I don't know. God can rearrange things. God can open doors very quickly. I've seen him do unbelievably miraculous things with one little act of obedience on my part. All of a sudden, you know... Doors come open that I never even knew existed. So, I believe we are going to see a lot of that in the times we're we're moving into. We're going to see, and and again, Psalm 64, hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. You know, you're asking God to do this, to protect you, to hide you, and, and it's just not, especially if you're like the man, the head of the house, it's not about you, it's about your family. It's about their protection. You know, it's about preventing evil from happening to your family because you're in the center of God's will. Because that's exactly where you want to be. You want to always be in the center of God's will because that's where you will be most protected. That's where you will have the most courage, the most faith, the most protection, the most providence, everything. If you're in the center of God's will. So, she goes on to say, my brother penned an email to Emmanuel Baptist asking him point blank, what was the reasoning for this remodel? And if Pastor Burleson is on the payroll of FEMA as part of the clergy response team. <laughs> I like his style. <laughs> like he never admit it. They never admit it. <laughs> okay? They don't admit this stuff. These guys. They're in bed with Satan. They're not going to admit it. <laughs> I doubt we get a response, but we can be assured that we have moved up on the government's dissidents list. Yippee! So be it. We've gotten to the point where we are sick of this garbage and don't care what others think of us. As you say, being a follower of Christ is not a popularity contest. Yeah, amen. Now, here's his, here's her brother's email. Hello uh, to this Pastor Burleson. I've recently moved back to Enid, and I was thinking about attending your church. Um, I attended your church years ago and felt quite welcome. I always admired the fact that the pastor would tell the congregation that if anyone needed money from the offering plate, that they were welcome to take what they needed. That always impressed me. Now that I'm back in Enid, I, I started asking around and learned that you are in the process of a remodel. I spoke with one of your members who indicated that the church had decided to remove the pews and replace them with folding chairs. I asked the person why the church d- decided to do such a thing, and he indicated that if a disaster occurred, the chairs could be removed and the beds be brought in to accommodate those in need. Your member then indicated that the church was buying generators as well. So in this case of power failure, they would be ready. Uh, which would be like, okay, let's say they have a grid attack, like revolution, okay. This all seems great, or an EMP attack type thing. This all seems great on the surface, but over the past couple of years, I've been conducting research on the U.S. government organizations, such as FEMA and DHS, and learned that they have developed clergy response teams from churches that file the 501c3 status with the IRS in order to assist the government in their ability to control the masses when the need arises. (laughs) 
I love this letter. That these clergy response team preachers, quote preachers, received their payment from the U.S. government for their services to preach Romans 13 to their flock, telling them that God requires the people to obey the government because the government is ordained of God. This is the very disturbing to me, because when Hitler took over Germany, he used the same exact tactic to keep the masses at bay, while becoming tyrannical, murdering dictator. <laughs> I'm sure this guy's just loving this, this email, if he, if he ever read it. I'm sure he's just loving it at this point. And then he goes on to say, what concerns me even more is that within 150 feet of your church is railroad tracks that run within a few miles of a recently vacated prison in Watonga. (laughs) I love it. It has been proven that the federal government has plans to use these types of facilities in case of civil unrest. I'm aware that Emmanuel uh, Baptist Church is a 501c3 organization, but is your pastor part of the government's clergy response team? And on the government's payroll. <laughs> Fat chance you'll ever get a response on this. If not, can you explain why your church decided to renovate your auditorium in the manner it has, especially now as count as county's financial instability could cause economic collapses? An economic collapse. It seems very odd that your remodel is occurring at this time in history. I know these questions may seem to border on paranoia, but I think the people of this country have a right to be a little paranoid based on the past and present unconstitutional and illegal actions of our government. By the way, it is my understanding that Romans 13 does not apply to governments who undoubtedly have evil intent. Absolutely. Now, you can go up to my, just key in Romans, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, and you can see my teaching I did on Romans 13. Uh, uh, Does Romans 13 mean unlimited subservience to big brother evil government? And no, it obviously does not. But I prove that biblically. Anyway, then he says, thanks for your time. And then this is back to my listener. She says, Scott, I found this to be interesting timing since we were hearing warnings about a possible event to occur within 60 to 90 days, which is what I covered last week. Now again, I don't like to be a date star. That's what they're saying. Listen, those, those time frames have been put out a ton of times. I think God's just intervened. Over and over and over and over again. And push it along a little bit more and let it go a little bit further. So the remnant, so the body of Christ can be more prepared. But there's going to come a time, and it may be literally very soon, when that's just going to stop. And, and things are going to get real, real, real quick. Um, so, okay, so if we go back to this, I wanted to relay that what we are seeing so that, that others can be on the lookout in their communities. And again, this was very timely, I get this, and then I find that thing, literally, I think it was two days ago. I showed Taylor, I drove through there, and I'm like, this is bad, this is really, really, really bad. You know? Um, it's just way too much confirmation on what I saw with my own eyes, and then I get this, and then obviously all of the other emails I've gotten, and all the other research I've done over the years... Definitely pointing to this exact scenario. And even, I remember when I was on tour in 2006 with the Prophecy Club with that Avion Flu thing. At the same time, I was in Lansing, Michigan. That night, I was in Lansing, Michigan. They love me in Lansing. I don't know why. I was like a stand-up comedian that night. I was like, you know, all clean jokes, just fun stuff from into the peanut gallery type thing. Anyway, I was, um, that night... I remember in Lansing, there was a show on, and I think it was called Quarantine, 
or something like that. It wasn't the Dustin Hoffman one. It, it was it was brand new, just for the just for the whole bird flu H5N1 hysteria. Okay, which was the strain at the time that everybody was talking about H5N1. Now we're going to talk about that next. And I, I wanted to see that show. I never got a chance to watch it because literally while I was giving the presentation, they they were playing the show. You know, I kind of wanted to see what they were um, trying to uh, relay. But in that show, it showed like a a little girl like behind a barbed wire fence with with barbed wire facing inward with her teddy bear, and they were quarantined under a pandemic thing. And you know, it kind of reminded me of 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 this whole thing that we're talking about here today. Anyway, um, she goes on to say, are large local churches all of a sudden doing remodels within their communities? That's a good question. It's a good question. I know one of the large churches in my area, I can guarantee, I, I can totally verify they're all chairs. I think they're stackable. But I think you could remove the whole thing. And they're more of a modern, liberal Baptist church. And they would definitely, there's no railroad tracks that go right by there. That No, there's not. But they're right next to a Walmart, okay? Right next to one of those super Walmarts. Um, right next to the interstate. Um, not too far away from the railroad tracks. Really, where these buildings that I told you, I described to you, literally, it's about, if you were to drive there, you have to go over 40, uh... I'd say maybe to get to those railroad tracks, maybe two miles, maybe, if you drive. So, not too far away. Could definitely be used for that purpose. So, I can confirm a little bit of that. I don't really have anything to do with the churches around here, because, they're, again, they're all 501c3 corporate entities. So, but anyway... Yeah, uh, it's something to think about. I think we're getting really close. I really do. I, 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 I hope I'm wrong. But, I mean, man, there's so much handwriting on the wall, <laughs> to steal from a biblical term, that, you know, you just can't ignore it. Then she ends this by saying, we obviously have no intention on attending that church and do not attend any 501c3 church. It, only, it was only a means to hopefully initiate dialogue and to plant a seed that the Lord can prosper if he sees fit. Yes, thank you for saying that. It was very timely and um, obviously really segued nicely into this teaching we're doing today. Now, I give you here seven parts, a total of seven, four parts under disturbing 501c3 church report. Three parts under the the feds train the 501c3 clergy to quell dissent during martial law. Okay, specifically FEMA, Homeland Security, is training the 501c3 clergy response team to quell dissent during martial law. They did it during Katrina, and they openly admitted to it. They even interviewed pastors. And I'm pretty sure I give you the links in there if you want to listen to that. So it's already been done during Katrina. Okay. They're being trained to quell dissent. Because they know the pastors have a lot of influence. They're being all pastors all across America are being called upon to do this. They're going to be called upon to serve Satan and to do Big Brother right. Anyway, I give you seven parts on that. If you want to avail yourself to those teachings, you can listen to that. The next report, FEMA seeking contractors who can supply biohazard disposal facilities, tarps, and housing units within a 24 to 48 hours notice. 
FEMA is seeking contractors who can who can supply medical biohazard disposal capabilities in 40-yard dumpsters to 1,000 tent hospitals across the United States. Tent hospitals. That would be a perfect thing to have in one of these areas, like I saw the other day, where all the bob wires facing in, and this nice big green field in the back. Be perfect to set up ten hospitals there. Isn't that funny? On Revolution the other day, they had a ten hospital they were setting up, the government was setting up, to bring in the typhus victims that they had infected and to supposedly treat them. Huh. And now FEMA's seeking contractors who can supply bio, uh, medical biohazard disposal capabilities in 40-yard dumpsters, which are gigantic, to 1,010 hospitals across the United States. All required on a 24 to 48-hour notice. Here you can see the request right here. There's a link to it. Straight from the government. FBO.gov. The request comes on the heels of other requests that the recent that the medical supply industry has received recently. A request for 31 million doses of pediatric flu vaccine from the CDC. Solicitation notice can also be seen here. Oh, they only want 31 million doses of pediatric flu vaccine for the little ones so that they can annihilate them and kill them. And it's something we should be praying against, seriously. I mean, these flu vaccines are nothing but pure evil. 31 million doses. And this is just pediatric flu vaccine from the CDC. There's a link you can click on. Again. FBO.gov, straight from the horse's mouth. FEMA also out put out a solicitation request for one hundred thousand each of winter shirts and pants, and the same for summer. Interestingly, only ten percent of the items are to be children's sizes. Maybe that's because all the children would be dead from the flu vaccines they took. Hmm. Maybe that's what the plan. Unless God intervenes, I don't know. From tarps to manufactured prefabricated housing units, the requests for goods and services are substantial. Now, I've covered a lot of these in recent studies. A lot of evidence of this, right from the government, not saying this is conspiracy fringe stuff. This is straight from the government they're doing this. They're gearing up major, major, major. Most of the requests and solicitations have an indefinite delivery date and a indefinite number of items to be supplied. That's kind of tough. <laughs> indefinite delivery date, indefinite number of supplies. Um, such as this one for beverages, and they give you a link there. This one of these indefinite delivery date and supplies. So what is FEMA preparing for? The 10 hospitals were the only way the United States coped with the 1918 through 1920 pandemic, Spanish flu pandemic, that was caused by the vaccines, the 10 hospitals were the only way they could cope with this pandemic as hospitals and medical centers were rapidly overwhelmed with the, with the sick and dying. We really never got an accurate body count. And I think they greatly downplayed it. They said it was 50 million. I think it was way more. Could have been quadruple that. Number one, the government always downplays death figures. And number two, they couldn't get an accurate body count because they were burying them so fast. I mean, you get a vaccine, one day you're, you're hail, quote, hale and hearty. This is eyewitness fact. Eyewitness accounts, one day you're hale and hearty, the next day you're dead of the black death. Multiple eyewitness accounts say this. 
And only the ones that got the vaccines died. According to my research. Now, that's my... Um, that is my... Uh, My presentation I did on the avian flu. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to that in a second. I'm getting ahead of myself here. But the reason I, I said that is because if you're not aware of what our government is capable of, you really need to watch my presentation. You really do. Because I lay it all out. Nobody has ever refuted that presentation that I gave. And it's been seven years. Not because I'm so wonderful. I just methodically went through the research and I just lay it out for you. Actually, there, the, my, alter, my alternate site actually has the original recording up. I'm going to give you a link here in a second. You can literally watch me speak. I mean, not that that's anything great, but you'll see the PowerPoint. Now, I've done updated ones that I also give you the links for that are, you're not hearing, you're hearing me speak, but you're not seeing me speak, which is probably a good thing. And the thing is, is that you're seeing all the PowerPoints. And I'm giving you the documentation there. So either way, it's just as pertinent then as it is now. Except now the stuff's even worse. The strains are more virulent. The stuff the government's done is more nefarious. It's just it's crazy. And there's more of them. It's not just H5N1 anymore. It's H7N9. It's H1N1. It, yeah, it's crazy. So... Um, Okay, so almost every week we're confronted by a new flu strain. True. Or an emerging disease that could, in the right circumstances, threaten our way of life. Whatever it is they're preparing for, those items do have numbers attached to them, indicate they're not ordering enough to ensure the survival of the bulk of the population. The government has proved time and time again they cannot deal with even a regional major incident effectively, let alone a nationwide emergency. You only have to look at the aftermath of Katrina and Sandy to see that these people cannot protect you. They don't have the organizational skills to do so. <laughs> Nor would you want to try to rely on them. Just getting water to hurricane survivors was beyond them. They cited logistical uh, issues in bad weather. Oh, okay. I'm going to go ahead and play this little clip here. I think this is the only thing I'm playing today. Comfort Medical... Okay, so I'm going to go um, and play this. I'm going to pause it for a second and come back to this because there's an advertisement playing. This is entitled, Alert, FEMA Seeks uh, Biodisposal for 1,010 Hospitals. Now, it's a little bit redundant. I already just covered some of it, but he does interject some things I didn't say. So I want to go ahead and, and play this, and that way you, you can have the full picture on this last thing. They could support this quote-unquote Armageddon scenario. Oh, sorry. It started like way into the video. I don't know why. All right, let me let me start this again here. Welcome to the Potter Blog site, January 14, 2014. FEMA is seeking the biomedical disposal capability to support 1,000 tent hospitals. Now they're looking for this on 24 hours notice. Uh, here's the solicitation on FedBizOps. Let's see here. We have a link to this on our website. Uh, now for some uh, quick analysis on what's going on here. And let me zoom in just a little bit on this. 
says uh, FEMA is seeking contractors who can supply medical biohazard disposal services capabilities and 40-yard dumpsters to 1,000 hospitals across the United States, all on 24 to 48 hours notice. Uh, based on this and other previous insane BizOp orders from FEMA, it's pretty obvious they're spooling up for the uh, for deployment of the National Disaster Medical System to respond to some sort of national catastrophe. Uh, the obvious candidates are H7N9 pandemic or the worsening of the current H1N1 uh, epidemic. But it's capable out there. In addition to this, they- okay, I'm sorry, I. I- I was I kind of hit one of the buttons and it fast forwarded. So it's only a couple more minutes, but I want to kind of start from where he left off here um, and uh, let let him talk a little bit more. To respond to some sort of national catastrophe, uh, the obvious candidates are H7N9 pandemic or the worsening of the current H1N1 uh, epidemic. Uh, the H1N1 epidemic right now is tying up the majority or a very large portion of the artificial lungs ECMO machines available in the country. So that situation of people... Now that's H1N1, and that's the least of the three strains. When you look at H5N1, the one I talked about seven years ago, which we're going to talk more about that next, then you got H1N1, which is the least, but it's still tying up most of the artificial lungs. Now remember... H7N9, which is what I've been talking a lot about lately, the hemorrhagic bird flu, okay, where you bleed out of like every orifice, has like a 100% kill rate if you're not on a ventilator in, in a short period of time. Now, that's apart from doing like, I'd, I would say, mild silver protein. Okay, obviously, they're not implementing that. But if you just totally rely on the medical, 100, about 100% kill rate. The stuff is really, really bad. And they're saying that you have to have advanced life support a re, uh, one of these bubbles that you're in in order to even have any hope of surviving it. Now, if you do that, the, the hope's pretty good. But again, if these, if, if this goes human to human, okay, meaning that it can be transferred airborne, okay, um, and again, we're not even talking about the pandemics co- or, or the flu vaccinations causing this, okay, we're, we're, we're saying if it literally were able to go human to human through some little modification that our wonderful, illustrious world government did, through airborne, then you would have the hospitals overwhelmed so quickly and so massively on a scale you have never seen before that you would have you wouldn't have a snowball's chance and you know where of getting to one of those respirators or those or those bubbles. Okay, so I just wanted to throw that in there. Leading ventilators and artificial lungs. If that increases even by a slight amount across the country. Uh, will be in a very bad situation. Now, the effort seems to be geared towards deploying federal federal medical stations to 1,000 locations across the USA and staffing them each with 100 medical personnel. In that regard, previously, FEMA has attempted to order 200,000 pairs of doctor scrubs for 48-hour delivery, uh, basically 200 pairs per tent hospital. Uh, This is uh, winter and summer scrubs. Not surprisingly... Uh, the industry informed FEMA it wasn't possible. It just shows you how little grasp of reality FEMA has on what the, what is capable out there. In addition to this, they also tried to order uh, mobile showers and toilets to support the effort. Uh, the contractors once again called, told them, told FEMA this was not something they could support. They couldn't support this quote-unquote Armageddon scenario. Again, we have links to this. 
At least this time, FEMA seems to have learned something because it's first asking for a capability assessment before putting out an unsupportable purchase order. So what does all this mean? Well, what it means is, is that it's a cluster mess should medical services actually be required. You know, it's you know, given... It, just imagine how FEMA responded to Hurricane Katrina. Now imagine, or read for yourself here, uh, how they're asking for capabilities that uh, uh, industry can't support. Now, picture them trying to set up 1,000 tent hospitals across the United States with the same clarity as they handled Hurricane Katrina, and it's an obvious cluster mess waiting to happen. Okay, so that's that's basically it. He brings up a good point there. I mean, they they of course I believe that was by design. I believe that was beta testing Katrina, them doing that. Um, <clears throat> they're satanic. They don't really care because they're satanic, and they're not going to be super concerned about saving lives <laughs> as a result of them being satanic. You know, they want to take lives, but they want to appear and give the facade of being the boys in blue. We're in charge. We're here for to rescue you. Here's your vaccine and, and that and this and that. And unless they have all of these supplies prepositioned in these places, which I'm sure to a certain extent they, they might, but unless they have them, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of hope of getting them to these areas because the truck truckers are probably going to be shut down in the event of some type of pandemic, there's not going to be, there's going to be a virtual shutdown of everything. So, it's really, you know, not exactly the best case scenario here. Okay, let's go further here. Um, Almost done. Uh, This is from a listener. It's a question about the first North American death from H5N1 bird flu. She says, Dr. Johnson, did you see this? And it's the Telegraph's article on um, first North American bird flu death. And yes, I had seen it. Um, she says, to me it's misleading, they are talking about H5N1 flu, and I noticed they kept this under wraps for over a week. There has been many deaths here in the U.S. from H1N1. Now remember, that's what he said most of the ventilators right now, uh, the bubble ventilators where, you know, you're literally encased, are being used for H1N1, which is the least of the three strains I've mentioned. Okay? And then she says, isn't the H5N1... The one that you have to be put on total life support for ASAP. No, actually, that's not. That's the one I talked about in 06. Um, I'm not saying you couldn't be put under life support for it, but it has about a 70% kill rate, okay, if untreated, I I believe. Um, The one that she's thinking of that I've talked a lot about recently is the H7N9 strain. That's the one that's 100% fatal if supposedly you don't get any medical care unless you have, you're under one of these bubble ventilator respirator things. Okay? So, um, that's the one that'll kill you, they're saying, 100% of the time unless you get advanced life support. And I give her a link, I said, to confirming that, one of the Potter Blog's um, links on that, one of them I might have even played before. So, you can click that link as well because I have it here in my response. Um, so this H5N1, this first, first North American death from H5N1 is pretty big news. I've kind of waited seven years 
to for them to openly, officially admit to this. You know? And I believe it was the hand of God that stayed this from happening. Now, obviously, it's not an epidemic unless, unless you know, I'm really missing the boat here unless they're doing a really good job of covering things up. But it is significant because they're admitting to the first American, North American death from H5N1 bird flu. Which is the reason I did that tour so long ago. Okay. Um, anyway, this also this report just broke, which is 95 deaths in California from H1N1. Now that's the one that's tying up all the respirators right now. Uh, and there's been 95 deaths in California, and it's, it's what they're admitting to. Usually, you can double, triple, quadruple, whatever on those numbers. And this is we we have 95 deaths in California, and it's not even the peak of flu season. This just broke, I think, today. 45 deaths confirmed from influenza this season in California, according to the L.A. Times state epidemiologist, Dr. Gil Chavez, said we have 45 confirmed and 50 under investigation. So a total, most likely, of 95 deaths, and that's what they're admitting to. Uh, so that's 95 there, and it's not even the peak of flu season. That's according to their epidemiologist, their, uh, one of their main ones. So I give you a link to that report if you want to know more about that. Now, with that said, now this is back to my response, I did a 14-city tour back in the 2006, the Prophecy Club, on the H5N1 strain, which has about a 70% kill rate without life support. For my updated PowerPoint version on this C, I give you the link to the full version on my updated, where you're not seeing me, but you're hearing me and you're hearing the PowerPoint. For my, mo- for my original live presentation, I also give you a link to that. At least, I, I think they start a little bit into it, but... um. That's the one where I actually spoke in Topeka. Anyway, um, then I give the link to my Miles Silver Protein website, www.drdr-johnson.com, and then my four-part series on colloidal silver and mild silver protein, so you can understand what true colloidal silver, what mild silver protein is, what ionic silver is, and it's not real long, but it is four parts. And then the next thing, uh, got a couple more comments here. This is from Heather, and she sent this to me uh, five days ago, January 14th. I, I don't, listen, I get a lot of these, and I don't, I, I really need to be setting them aside and, and putting them all together. I just, I don't, I, I don't do that in, um, as far as testimonials go, uh, there's just I've got so much on my plate that it's hard to always keep track of all the testimonials. Anyway, it's a colloidal silver testimonial for lung issues. She said, hey, I just have to send a quick note. Back around 2010, the swine flu scare, I took your advice. and I did a whole bunch of teachings way back then on the swine flu scare as well, 2010. She took my advice and she got a nebulizer and several strength bottles of the colloidal silver. Now, the nebulizers, it's kind of a dice shoot, you know. Supposedly, you know, they're only prescription, and they're tough to find. You might be able to find one on, like, an online pawn shop. You might be able to find one maybe up on eBay. Uh, I don't know. Do keyword searches for them. I don't really have a great answer on that. But, um, anyway, she got a nebulizer, several strength bottles of the... um, Invive mild silver protein. She stashed it away for future emergencies. Well, emergency... I have no health insurance, and I contracted the flu. I laid down to take a nap, and I woke up. The left side of my chest was killing me. I almost passed out. I almost called 911. That night, I was so scared, I cracked out the nebulizer, 
and the 5,000 part per million silver. All I can say is thank God in heaven. I did that and it helped me immediately. And I just happened to have a bottle of antibiotics for pneumonia that my dad had been prescribed. He had only taken one and turned out he had been misdiagnosed. So I took those also. Now, with the antibiotics, the problem with those is that they typically only work on three to four strains of whatever you're taking for. So if it's not the strain that uh, you, the exact strain that antibiotic was made for, it's really not going to do anything. Okay, if it's viral, it really won't do anything. Okay, so antibiotics are made to work on bacteria and only three to four strains. Colloidal silver works on over 600 strains and it also works on viruses. If it's a flu, it's most likely a virus. So I don't think the antibiotics were probably the thing that helped you here. Because if it's viral, the antibiotics will not help. They, they're, it's like apples and oranges, bacteria, virus. They're not, you're not going to help. Uh, antiviral could potentially help, but, you know, there's a lot of controversy about that as well. Anyway, so, um, um, now for nebulizer use, in Vive issued guidelines, you only use 100 part per million. Personally, I've used more. I've used 500. They say you never tell anybody to do that. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. FDA purposes, all that garbage, you know. But, personally, I've used 500 part per million. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just saying I have personally. Anyway, you use that straight in the nebulizer cup. And one thing I found is really nice. You put one drop of eucalyptus essential oil in there. Get If you can, get an organic eucalyptus oil. That would be the best. You know, now might make one of Amanda's Apothecary. She's a good one on the internet that has... Don't, don't buy Young Living essential oils. Yes, they're very good, but it's Gary Young. He's a descendant of Brigham Young. It's a multi-level. I was in it, been there, done it, stupid. I, I'm just multi-levels. Ugh, anyway, um, he's literally descendant of Brigham Young. And I've heard enough of his tapes to know his blasphemy and his forked blasphemous, new age, Christ-hating, blasphemous tongue to tell you, don't give them any money. Don't give Young Living any money. Because he's literally, I heard heard him, literally refer to himself as a chip off the old block. One time in one of his, actually I think maybe twice. Because I used to buy the tapes and stuff, listen, a long time ago. And he was referring to his lineage of Brigham Young, the Mormon, the head of the Mormon LDS church a long time ago. The, the, the factory's in Utah. Okay, so he's like part Mormon, part New Age guru, part whatever. Blasphemy. Say so anyway. You do one drop of eucalyptus oil with the 100 part per million and five miles over protein. You nebulize that. Whatever the nebulizer goes, like four or five minutes, three to four times a day for a lung infection, and then you take the the 5,000 part per million by mouth if you're an adult, depending on how bad it is you know, would depend on the dosage, and, and that usually typically works wonders for lung infections. If you have a sinus infection, and, and you have one of the nebulizers that goes over your face, you can inhale it through the nose into the sinuses. You can also get an Afrin, one of those, like, nasal spray bottles, whether it's Afrin or whatever, pour that stuff out, put in uh, 500 part per million mild silver protein, you can put a little bit of eucalyptus in there, don't put a lot, a little bit, and then you can Literally spray that up into the sinus cavities and literally attack it that way. It's really good stuff for that. Anyway, um, so, um, let's see here. 
Anyway, she goes on to say, I, I am better. I have four days left of the inbox to take. I have to tell you, and again, if it's, if it's viral, which it sounds like it is, flus are typically viral, it's the antibox. They're not going to help that at all. It's, you can't treat a virus with antibiotics. It, it doesn't work. Anyway, I have to tell you, though, that for the last nine months, I wake up hacking and short of breath until I cough up all the sinus drainage and congestion. That's, that's bad. Now, a lot of that may be from the chemtrails. You know? Um, she says, but now I no longer wake up like that. I've been doing the nebulizer and the silver every night before bed, and I wake up clear. So she's saying that she's been like that for nine months, hacking, sinus drainage, congestion, waking up that way. Now she does the nebulizer and some of the silver, I'm assuming some orally, and then some of the nebulizer before bed. She wakes up now clear in the morning. Um, Another thing that's really good for congestion um, is, uh, well, fenugreek, the herb fenugreek is, is good for breaking up congestion. Like if you had a, one of those chest colds and it was just nothing was moving, fenugreek, hot fenugreek tea is good, or fenugreek the herb. Um, something that's really good at drying up mucus, the best thing I know of to actually help any type of allergic reaction as well, meaning, uh, allergy to, Pollen, even food allergies, this helps with. Any kind of thing that produces a lot of mucus production is Antronex, the, the supplement Antronex by Standard Process, professional line that I've used for a long time. The best way to do Antronex is A N T R O N E X. You may be able to find it online. I carry it. Um, go up to Standard Process, I think.com, and give you a description. Just remember, their, their, their descriptions are very generic because of the FDA. You have to do that. Um, I've always been prone to allergies. It's just something that's, I think, in my DNA. And uh, I have an allergic reaction to something, and I don't mean like anaphylactic shock. I just mean, you know, I'm, my run, nose starts running and stuff like that. I take one or two Antronex, I bite into them, crush them up, and I always hit my tongue with some peppermint oil because they're a wonderful liver-flavored. It's actually called Yacratron, which is what's actually derived from it. It's, some, it's like a liver extract. Anyway, um, that's what Antronex is. But um, most histamine reactions, in fact all, essentially start in the liver. Okay, um, And then that leads to the allergic reaction where you start overproducing mucus and have the itchy eyes and watery eyes and stuff like that. Okay, So you, treat, you target the liver through Antronex, it has an antihistamine response, but it's actually not working. It's working with your body as opposed to as opposed to an antihistamine, which just shuts down the liver. Which is what most drugs do. They, they they basically say to whatever organ you're trying to affect, shut down, you stupid dumb organ. I'm a drug. I'm going to tell you what to do. I know better. So you're shutting down a mechanism that's there for a reason. So Antronex actually helps the body. Um, um, do that, and and it does it in a in a almost a prohistamine way, but it has an antihistamine effect, and that's kind of weird. Anyway, I learned that from Doctor Dobbins and uh, a lot of research I've done. He just passed away. Oh, he was like my mentor in standard process. He just passed away this week. I just got that. I was bawling like a baby. I read that. I think I think the guy might have been saved. Actually, I. I- I don't know, I, I, I read his testimony when he passed away and stuff, and I know he went to church, I know he read the Bible every day, I think he was saved. The guy was one of the most brilliant speakers I have ever, ever, ever been around. 
I mean, he had a super sarcastic sense of humor. And I'd go into his, I'd go into his lectures, and I mean, I had already studied the standard process line, and he would say all these funny jokes about every standard process product. And unless, I guess, you had studied the product line like I had, you really wouldn't get a lot of the jokes. And I got a thing this week from standard process about he had passed away. And yeah, I was balling, balling in the car on the way home. I don't know, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And, um, but it, I don't know, I think he really might have been saved, according to his testimony. And then my buddy Dave, who is a chiropractor, actually a, um, a healthcare, alternative healthcare physician down in Fort Myers, Florida, wrote a kind of a eulogy to him. And um, I love Dave. Oh, I love that guy. Anyway, he, he goes on tour now, and that's what they were grooming me to do for a long time, is, is to li- literally go on tour. And I... I kind of stepped away from that because in order to do that, I felt like I would have to just totally use standard process. And I love standard process, but I'm not, I know they're not the only game in town. And I would have felt hamstrung had I went on tour and could only speak about standard process when I knew other, there were some other products that were better for this particular situation. So I kind of, I kind of, there was that and a few other reasons why I did not pursue that. And, but Dr. Dobbins was the guy that really got me back on track with standard process and incredible educator. Anyway, he, he passed away. I'm sorry I said all that, but um, he, he's a big reason I know a lot of what I know. God used him for that purpose so that I can ultimately turn around and help a lot of other people, you know, which that's kind of what I do now. So that's why I said it, because a lot of people email me about stuff, and everything that I say about Stan, a lot of that is I got from him, and it's through his research. So anyway, um, so let's go forward here. Um, she said then, um, oh, let's see, so she's better now. My comment was also for any lung, chronic lung problem, vitamin A is very important as well. Vitamin A. Now, I don't mean the synthetic, alpha, whatever products they have at the health food store. I mean, like a whole food vitamin A. Two products I would always recommend would be the Cataplex A and Pneumotrophin. Pneumo means lung, essentially. Pneumotrophin PMG is like a DNA template product, bovine template product of the lung, and it's specifically for any lung issue standard process makes it. It'll, it'll enhance any lung protocol. Cataplex A is like their whole food vitamin A product that would also enhance. So it would enhance what the silver's trying to do. Also a whole food vitamin C would be very good for that as well. Because it's just not like silver is in some vacuum and you take it and it's like some waving some magic wand. If your immune system dec- is decimated because you don't have enough, well, for instance, tissue calcium levels has a lot to do with white blood cell uh, propagation and uh, um, propelling themselves in your system. Uh, vitamin C has a lot to do with immune system function. Zinc, um, selenium, um, vitamin A. There's a lot of different things that go into a healthy immune system function. The silver acts like a secondary immune system, okay, in the body. Whereas if you have a compromised immune system it's and you're using it life or death, it's the best product you can I know of you could take. But it's good that you have a strong immune system so that hopefully you don't ever get sick in the first place. And the silver is not the primary tool to accomplish that. 
You know, you can do 15 drops a day, sure, and that's no problem. Under the tongue, I mean, you could do you could do three tablespoons a day, but that's going to get really expensive really quick. But I like to build up the immune system with a whole food vitamin C, with like a whole food zinc, selenium, some really good calcium, usable calcium for the white blood cells. These types of things, you know, good, obviously good nutrition in order to have a strong immune system. And then if I do battle anything, then I might just have to take a little bit of the silver. Now, for a pandemic scenario with, with these bioweapons they're going to release, absolutely. The silver is what you want to have on hand for that. But also having a strong immune system is only going to help the silver do its job better. So I want to delineate the two. I know I've said that in the past, but I get emails sometimes and it's like, yeah, the silver, can it cure this? And it's like, you know, an ingrown toenail. Or, you know, like a trick knee. Or a beeled ear. Or, I mean, I mean, stuff that has nothing to do with what silver could help. And I, I tell people, I'm like, no, it, it's not going to help that. I'm not going to tell you something that's not going to help you. <laughs> so I get that a lot. And I, I, I appreciate the people, because they're, they're like, it kind of seems like a miracle supplement, in, but it has its place, you know. And if it has, I tell people if it has, if it has a bacterial, viral, or candida slash yeast cause, yes, the silver will help, guaranteed. But if you have a devastated immune system and you do the silver, sure, but you're probably going to be dependent on the silver if unless you do something to build up your primary immune system. It's not going to create vitamin C in the body. Our bodies cannot produce vitamin C. Animals can. We can. It's not going to give you vitamin A. It's not going to give you usable um, calcium. It's not going to give you, let's say, maybe thymic peptides or something to, thymus, to stimulate your thymus gland. It's not going to do that. It's not. It, it, it can. It's. It's not. It's like. It's not that. Okay. So bear in mind, there everything has its place, but building up primary immune system function to me is key. And then having the silver there as an as the ultimate option to fall back on in a, let's say you've done everything and you still get sick, and or pandemic scenario, there, that's when I really point people toward the silver. And obviously there's some things, yeah, like Lyme disease and a lot of other things. Now, there is a doctor's desk reference tab on my website at dr-symboljohnson.com, and it goes over a myriad of things. All kind of crazy remote things. Now, I didn't put that up there. In Vive put the website up. They're the ones that put the protocols together from primarily MDs that have worked with the product. So bear that in mind as well. Okay? Um, so anyway, I wanted to throw that out there. Uh, anyway, if you want to research Cataplex A or Pneumotrophin, i give you a link to do that. Now, last one, i got to get through this because I'm way over on time. Uh, it's, a, it's a question on MMS and guidelines and how to get the Invive Silver outside of the USA. I mean, how to purchase it if you live outside the United States. Uh, hi, Dr. Johnson's Greetings again from South Africa. Here's something you may like to see. After listening to many of your teachings, we are trying to get the colloidal silver, which you recommend, and the strong one at that. However, we're having a good look around, and all we can find is the 18 part per million, meaning it's 18 parts, of, parts per million of silver in that solution. We recently found a 20 parts per million. I've asked the supplier if there's anything stronger is available, and below is his reply in a recommendation for an alternative known as chlorine dioxide or MMS. 
What are your thoughts on this? Um, Godspeed and keep strong, Matt. Okay, now, here's my response. Matt, if you order off my website, okay, the dr-johnson.com, it goes through the Invive factory, which I have nothing to do with, okay? It goes through the Invive factory, and they ship all over the world, including South Africa. So anywhere you live, you can you should be able to get this stuff, as far as I can see, okay? Um, other certain countries are harder to kind of get it into. There might be more customs things involved. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about that because I don't have anything to do with the ordering process. The 20 part per million that you mentioned, which would almost be like clear water, is just not nearly strong enough to get the job done in any type of, of viral, particularly pandemic, outbreak. Um, I think you could have a good effect on Candida with that. Um, but you have to understand, I'm, I'm, what I'm primarily advocating is 5,000 parts per million. Okay? You compare 5,000 parts to 20 parts. <laughs> you can see it's a lot stronger. The reason that they can make a, a 5,000 part per million, the reason that you don't have everybody doing that, is because they cannot stabilize it at those levels. And Vibe is the only company I know of on the planet that has the full stabilization formula through an MD called Dr. Cordo, who died, I think, because he came up with this, where this stuff is probably going to be good 100 years from now. I know there's a 2027 expiration date on the bottles right now, or a best use date, I don't know. They have bottles from early 90s and none of them have went bad yet. Okay. The higher concentration you make a silver product, the quicker it's going to fall out of solution. If you get a if you get a colloidal silver from somebody and oh and the stuff's at the bottom, it's no good, okay? It's you'd be better off just throwing it away. It's, it has no value anymore. Okay, keeping it suspended in solution is the tough part, and they and they have the full formulation on how to do that. It's a complicated thing. I've went over it in previous teachings. Most of the colloidal silver manufacturers now are ionic. They make it electrically. That's in primarily, typically, an ionic solution, meaning it's made electrically and it converts very quickly in the body into useless silver, silver chloride. As soon as ionic silver hits the, the gut, the hydrochloric acid of the gut, it converts to silver chloride, which is basically like inert. And it literally, that's the kind that can turn you gray long term if you take copious amounts. You drink... 8, 16 glass ounce a day, like I've known people to do, of the stuff they make from their own little generators, turn you gray eventually. It doesn't kill them, but they have that fresh in the caskets, fresh out of the casket look that's just really debonair. Anyway, I've met people like it. That's okay if you want to go that route. Okay. Um, it doesn't have a very long half-life in the body, about five seconds. Because it's converting to the chlorides. Okay, well, what if I keep it under my tongue? Okay, it's going to hit the chlorides in the bloodstream and turn to silver chloride, which is also, you know, an inert form, and it doesn't have any intrinsic value. Colloidal silver is particulate silver, and that's the stuff that really gets the job done. That's what the Vive silver is. So, anyway, that's the difference there. Now, um, so that was my response there. Uh... I also give the four-part presentation I did on colloidal silver here. Now, the chloride dioxide, chlorine dioxide, a.k.a. MMS, that he asked about, and I've mentioned this, I think, one other time, one or two other times. Um, that stuff, I was on the bandwagon for that for a while. 
I thought it might be a really, really super, super cheap alternative to colloidal silver, the mild silver protein. I'm not saying it isn't a merit, okay? I used it. I took it. But you have to be very careful with that stuff. I'm flat out telling you, you do. I have sold and personally taken the stuff. I don't do it anymore, okay? But if you literally take one drop too much of MMS, chlorine dioxide, and it smells exactly like chlorine. That was another thing I had a really hard time getting past. The vile, nauseating chlorine smell. I'm like preaching against all this stuff about chlorine in the water supply. And here I am, I'm going to take my MMS, which is chlorine dioxide. Yes, I understand it's different. But it's hard to get past that. And the lovely thing about the product is if you take literally one drop too much, you will be on the ground in a fetal position, vomiting violently. Had it happened to me at least on two occasions, it's incredibly painful. And I'm like, how can I recommend this incredibly volatile, chlorine-smelling product to my patients? Where literally, if they are not on the ball totally, they could all wind up in the ground in fetal positions. I'm pretty conscientious, and it happened to me. So I'm like, ugh. So I have a whole file on it that I attached here. If you so choose to take it, read this first, please. Okay, it starts on page, well, it's going to start on page 21. And it's going to go to page about mm, 31, 32. Read this first. These are their claims, not mine. This is what Jim Humble put out, the guy that invented it. And do this before you do it. I tell you the best way to do it, how to do it, the whole nine yards. I laid it out. Okay, so I just don't want to see anybody hurt from the product. Okay, you're not going to have to worry about that with silver. Yes, you might go through a Herxheimer or a die-off effect, sure. From the silver, it's killing all the bad guys. And you got to drink a lot of purified water if you start taking the silver. Especially if you if you think you're loaded with candida. You better drink a lot of purified water. Start slow. You know, I understand in a pandemic environment, maybe you can't, maybe you won't have that luxury. But at least you have the silver, which is going to be something that 99.99999% people don't have, most likely. Um, but as a result of this stuff with the MMS, I just couldn't continue to promote it anymore. Um, I really tried. I really wanted to have some other thing I could fall back on, but uh, it's... <laughs> you have that happen to you, man. It gets your attention real quick <laughs> when, when, when you're on the ground in a fetal position. And I'm thinking, in the fetal position, as I'm vomiting, I'm thinking, yes, you know, this is a really good thing to be recommending to patients. I, I really feel good about this, you know? I'm feeling bold with my recommendation. You know, no, I wasn't feeling that way. So, anyway, that's kind of why I stopped. Um, I'm way massively over in time. I apologize. I should have split this into four parts. Um, got really messed up on my timing, but there will be three parts, and um, I'm going to try to get these up as much as I can. Um, I have to totally shut down checking emails, like, a couple days before I even do these, if I want to have any hope of getting up audios. I cannot check emails, because they're just flooding in, and I I can't do both, so that's why. And I've had people say, well, why don't you bring somebody I I don't want to bring somebody, it's, number one, this could literally, we could literally be shut down very soon. Just from the government, from all the stuff I talked about. When, when all the stuff goes down with the pandemic or the martial law, the, the internet's as good as shut down. 
I cannot see doing that with, I believe, the little bit of time we probably have left. I don't want to go that route. So much of what I do, and I don't say this braggingly, it's just that I know where the files are. I know where the answers are. I can't delegate that to somebody. There's just no way. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I can't. I can't take my brain and put it in someone else, in, in other words. So I'm, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm kind of forced to do it this way, and um, it's okay. Praise God. The Lord's given me the strength to do it. It's just that I know there's a lot of people out there that want me to do more audios now, and and I'm just I'm trying to do as much as I can. Um, but just pray for me that I have the strength to, to do what God's called me to do. And um, uh, anyway, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, this time you've given us for... This information, Lord, that um, we, Lord God, are not destroyed for lack of knowledge. I pray that that collectively we would pray about these things. If we feel, if you so convict us to fast about them, um, that there would be nothing that would hinder our prayers, that there would be nothing that would hinder your answers to us respectively. And not just for ourselves, Lord, but for the sake of our family, for the sake of our loved ones, for the sake of the people that that could be saved as a result of what you would do in our lives. I just pray to God for your divine intervention, that your angels would go before us, that they would encamp around about us and go before us to prepare the way. The blood of Jesus Christ would be over us in our efforts, that any and all curses on our lives be broken in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, your angelic host, and through the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. That you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And that you would use us mightily in the days and times to come. Uh, to That your name be glorified through us, through the body of Christ, through the remnant. And that many would be saved as a result of those efforts. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.